As you leave today, you'll be passing a table on your left. Uh, there are many of you who are signed up to go on the family retreat that will be happening uh, on October the, the 7th through the 9th, okay? And so uh, if you pass that table, we have information for you that we need you to have so that you are prepared to go. Now, for the rest of the, the church family who will not be uh, attending the family retreat, we will have an online gathering only on Sunday, October 9th. So you need to know that we will not have an in-person gathering. We will be live streaming from the retreat location. Now, I did have a couple of you ask, can I, you couldn't make it, get off work, make it on the street, but you want to be there uh, in Chattanooga. You can drive down if you want on Sunday morning. That's totally fine. We'll give you that information uh, out there. And then if you're here and you're just hearing about this, you're like, man, I'd like to go on that. Also drop your name by there. We'll try to, we're going to try to figure out some things to make some more room. If, if that's you, I don't want anybody to miss it who wants to be there. But on October, night. There will be no in-person gatherings on that day. We will be doing the family retreat. Sound good? Are we good with that? Okay. We are continuing our series, Set Free, and today we will be talking about the topic of gentleness. And uh, when we set up the series, I the Lord just dropped right in my spirit who was supposed to bring the word this morning for this particular topic. And that's my wife, Pastor Sherry O'Day. So would you welcome her? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Good morning. I'm so glad that you guys are here. <laughs> uh, Kevin just took away, you know, the first five minutes, so we're going to get over early. <laughs> uh, but yes, we are continuing the series on Set Free. Maybe I'll just repeat what he said. And, uh, and so... Before we get started, we're going to do gentleness, but we are going to read the scripture together. So um, we've been only reading the fruit of the spirit, except for that first uh, week we read the, the entire section. And so today I want to read through that entire section again. So it's, it's not just that one verse that we've had for the last couple of weeks, guys, sorry. But uh, if you guys would join me and stand to read the word with me. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you. Thank you that your word is living and active. It is in our lives. It says that the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is sharper than a double-edged sword that can, can slice through soul and spirit. It's, it's so sharp. It can split those, God. It can split bone and marrow. And Lord, right now, I pray that you penetrate us today, that you go deep within us and you seek out those things that you want to stir in us, God. I pray that anything that is of me, anything that is my words, God, I pray that they just fall away. My words mean nothing, God, but it's all about you. And whatever words come from you, I pray that it sticks. I pray that it goes to the heart of everyone who's listening that can hear your word, God, and their lives can be changed for the better in direction of you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You guys may have a seat. So today we are talking about gentleness. Um, I did not want to talk about gentleness. Uh, I, was, I was assigned this a couple months ago, and when I looked up, I was like, gentleness, oh, dogs. Um, sorry, that's a, that's a phrase of my family. We say dog-a-saga, I guess, that's, I guess nobody else does, so short for dog-a-saga is dogs when we're like, oh, dogs. I nobody else does it, but I do, um, and my family. So I was like, man, too bad he didn't give me patience. You know, Pastor Allen got that one, but I was like, man, patience, I love patience. I can talk about patience all day. Yeah, give me a you know, tangled shoelace, I'll sit there and I'll untangle it for you. I totally have get patience, but gentleness, oh my word. So um, I, was, I was, you know, upset about this. I was like, I don't even know where to start. So I started where I usually start. I looked up the Greek. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look up the Greek word and then I can take that Greek word and cross-reference it when that exact Greek word is used in other uh, verses. And so I, I looked up gentleness, and of course, the m most conclusive um, uh, what, lexicon that we have for Greek and Hebrew is the Strong's Concordance, which was under uh, King James Version. So the word comes up as meekness. And I was stopped right there. I was like, meekness? Oh, who knows what that word means? And then Pastor Ronnie got up on Sunday and said, anyone who doesn't know what meekness is and hasn't taken the time to figure it out is lazy. And I was like, ah, Lord, what are you trying to do? So, so, um, it, it was tricky. So last week, I'm still kind of, you know, in a, a fog about, you know, what, where, which direction are you taking me, Lord? So Kevin couldn't find the keys to his car. And so uh, I said, well, go ahead and take my car. And that way you have to be there, you'll be there on time and I have more time to look for your keys. So he took my car and I took his. And uh, in my car, we have a DVD player. So the kids watch VeggieTales or some other video when we're going to and from, but his car does not have a DVD player. So, um, the kids weren't watching, you know, a show, and I decided, you know, I'll take this opportunity to talk with my kids. And so I was like, what should I talk to them about? I was like, hmm, hey kids, what is gentleness? <laughs> Wanna see what they said. And you know what, I really like the responses, so I'm gonna welcome out Hadassah and Lucia. Hadassah and Lucia, if you guys could come out here. You guys can have a seat. 
This is Hadassah, she is my oldest, she is 10 years old. This is Lucia, she is eight. And so they're gonna, they're gonna talk today. So girls, what is gentleness? <laughs> they're getting nervous now. Go ahead. Yeah, Hadassah, you go first. Thinking. You're thinking? Okay. Oh, Lucia's gonna go then. Gentleness. You gotta talk actually into the mic. <laughs> Just say what you said before. Do you guys remember? Most of it. Most of it? Well, then talk. <laughs> Go ahead. Gentleness is um, like, like when you're calm. What else? Gentleness is the fruit of the spirit. What? You pulled it up. I can't hear you. Gentleness is one of the fruit of the spirit. It is one of the fruits of the spirit. What do you think it means to be gentle? Or what is it to not be gentle? It means to be like calm. To be calm? Oh, yeah. What it doesn't mean or what it doesn't mean? What? Both. What does it not mean or what does it mean? It means that um, you're like not mean and harsh yeah. and it doesn't mean that you are mean and harsh yeah yeah okay here's a question gentleness and meekness is uh many times associated with uh like people think oh that's that's if you're weak does gentleness mean weakness lucia you had an answer for that do you remember what it is <laughs> no. When you're in front of a crowd, it's like everything drops out of your head, right? Have you guys been there? It's like, no. like I don't remember what I was going to say. Go ahead. No, it doesn't because you can be gentle and strong. You can be gentle and strong. Lucia, what did you say? Thank you, Hirasa. Lucia, what did you say about it being like strength? Do you remember that? You can be strong and gentle because you need the strength of God to talk about gentleness and be gentle in front of a crowd. Yeah, hold it up to your chin. Yeah, and really quick, you said what, uh, you were talking about someone being angry. Do you remember that? Yeah, if you're angry, you need the strength of God to be gentle and talk to them. Yeah, why would you want to be gentle if someone is being angry with you? Because God told you to be gentle. Rasa, you have an answer too? Because you can, like if, your chin. if we were at school and we were about to get into an argument, we could get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's true. That's great. Do you guys know that in Proverbs it says a gentle answer turns away wrath? So a lot of times, yeah, we have to have the strength to be gentle in order to, you know, take away the anger. Thank you, girls. Can we give them a round of applause? That was so brave of them to come out here. You guys are good to go. You guys can go to class. Hey, real quick, real quick. Has there ever been a time that I have not been gentle with you guys? Yes. Yes. <laughs> in front of all these people, okay? Well, in front of all these people, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for sometimes not being gentle. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, you guys can go to class. I love you. Oh, Hidasa. Thank you. It can be very tough being a mom sometimes. Um, 
and it's very hard to be gentle because you're like, okay, kids, it's time to get on your shoes, time to leave. Nothing happens. Kids, yeah, you gotta go get your shoes. Remember, you gotta go get on your shoes, it's time to go. Nothing happens. Hey, kids, come on, we gotta go. Get on your shoes, get on your shoes. Kids, get on your shoes! And then they start crying, like, Bobby, you're so mean, why are you yelling at us? (laughs) Well, I was nice the first four times. (laughs) You squeezed me too hard. Um, But that's a very very common occurrence, I think, in a lot of parents' lives. And I know that you guys can probably say that that has happened in your life. Um, And I've I've never been a father only been a mother, but I know that uh, as a mother, uh, speaking to being a mother, it, it has its challenges in the fact of you, uh, especially like both if you're a working mom or you're a staying home mom. I'm gonna talk about staying home at first. If you're a stay at home mom, you, you're in the house, a lot of times by yourself or just with the kids all day. You know, your intellectual conversations are what's two plus three and you just, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're nurturing, you're picking up, you're picking up again, you're cooking again, <laughs> you're doing more laundry and more laundry and more laundry because it's a mountain of laundry every single day and it just surprises you. You skip one day and there's suddenly five hampers full and you're like, how did that happen in one day? <laughs> Are you guys like having fashion shows while I'm not around? But it's. <laughs> But at the end of the day, you are worn out, you're tired, guess what? The house is still messy after all of that cleaning and then your husband comes home and he looks to the left and he looks to the right. The kids are crying in the background and then he looks at you and says, so, what'd you do today? (laughs) And whether he means it well or not, you're like, I can't take this. Working moms have it the same way where you, you are working all day, all, all night and whatever time you work, but then you come home and it's, it's still a mess. It's still all this, this heavy stuff that's going on. I have a to-do list. I have things to, that I need to get done. And sometimes the overwhelmingness of being, uh, I don't know, overstimulated or just surrounded by chaos, it tends to make me be frustrated with the kids a lot. (laughs) And one day it suddenly dawned on me that the reason why I was getting frustrated with the kids was because I had a to-do list, because I had a schedule. The kids did not know about my to-do list. They don't know about my schedule. Even if I informed them, that is what I am imposing on them. And it's my own thoughts, my own feelings about what, what needs to happen and what should happen. And I'm imposing on that on them. And I, I mean, they're kids. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing that, but they, but I do. And, and then because they're not allowing me to stick to my schedule and stick to my to-do list, I get frustrated with them. So I, punish them, they are getting the punishment because of something that shouldn't be on them at all because it was my to-do list, it was my schedule. (laughs) We live in a 
We live in a country where the banner is freedom, and we're talking about freedom, set free, and where the main focus is not what you're set free to. I'm gonna put this clicker over here. Um, it's not what you're set free from, but what you're set free to. But <laughs> thinking about that, like, you know, freedom. Freedom is something that we talk about a lot in America. We, our government is a constitutional federal republic. And one of the perks of that is freedom, woohoo! But what I was realizing is that that might be the title of our government, but our culture has a different ruler and it's a dictatorship. Our culture is a dictatorship and the dictator goes by the name of time and it's spouse money. They dictate what we do and what we don't do. How we do it, when we do it, with who we do it with, if we do it with anyone, they literally dictate all of those things. And I, it's, we just read in this uh, scripture, we talked about, it says the acts of the flesh are obvious. And um, before I get to that, I am subject to allowing time and my schedule, money, I allow those things to dictate me. And when I do that, I am not having the authority of God over my life, but I'm allowing the authority of time to rule over me. My schedule, my to-do list, I need to get these things done. And that's idolatry. So I'm guilty of idolatry. Um, it's, uh, you know, with that, as it, as it seeps in and as it gets there, you have, you have this idea, and it's very common in America as well with our culture, that, and as a, as a mom especially, I think, I don't know, I can't speak to dads or, or men, but I want my life to matter. I wanna be worth something. I want what I do to be seen, to be heard. And sometimes when you're working at home, none of that is appreciated. And if it is appreciated, it's just not said enough, but that's okay. Um, but, but the thing is that like a lot of times, what I've noticed about most moms is that, you know, when they have their first child, they're like, I'm gonna be a stay-at-home mom. And then about a year to a year and a half into being a stay-at-home mom, I'm gonna go get a job. And the reason is because I was that person too, was that you feel like every day you're pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, and it's not being recognized. It's not being seen. And it's like, if I could just get a job, go in and, and like have a project that I'm working on and that I actually get to accomplish, unlike laundry, because laundry is never finished. Um, and, or if you, like, it, like a presentation, I could work on a presentation and present and, and everybody be like, wow. Great job, that was an awesome presentation, I loved it. Yeah, let's do that. You have this sense of self-worth when you go through that. But right on that list, it's crazy because America says, what do you wanna be when you grow up? What are your dreams? What are your ambitions? Let's go for it, do it, you can do it, just go for it. What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? What do you want for dinner? But yet right up on, when we were reading the scripture, under the acts of the flesh, it's hidden in there because it's so crazy. It was obvious to Paul who wrote it, but now it's no longer obvious to us Americans saying selfish ambition. It was all about me. How can I accomplish things? How can I do things? How can I win? And it's funny because we talk about the fruit of the spirit, 
But the fruit of the Spirit has nothing to do with your success or your productivity. It has everything to do with who you are and how you treat others. I'm gonna say that again. The fruit of the Spirit has nothing to do with your success or your productivity. It has to do with who you are and how you treat others. And when you, love is, uh, sorry, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are things about you. And we talk about, wow, well, our Bible study is going so great. We are up to 20 people. Like, there's so much fruit coming out because there's so many people coming. Or, wow, look at all this stuff that we've gotten done. There's so much fruit in this. That's a different kind of fruit. When it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit, it's talking about you. Who are you? I'm gonna read a, a part of that scripture that we read. I'm gonna reread it. And I just, in light of what we were just talking about, just listen to just this part. It says, because... Well, you'll get it. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. There's a person in modern culture, um, and he, he was very influential. I don't think anyone in this room has ever met him, but at least half the people in this room were influenced by him. And his name is Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And it's funny because they say, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the greatest neighbor of all was Mr. Rogers. And out of all people, I think that he was someone that embodied the idea of scripture that says, clothe yourself in gentleness and love one another, <laughs> or love your neighbor as yourself. He, he believed that we were created in God's image so that we could be the ambassadors of God to show who God is to others. And in doing that, he was very, very gentle. <laughs> Um, I have a couple quotes from him. Oh, before I get to that, his past. I don't know if you guys have ever heard his past story. When he was a child, um, he was known, uh, sorry, he got bullied a lot in school, a lot. And uh, there was one day he was walking home and he heard a noise and he turned behind him and, and the boys from his class were following him. And they started teasing him, calling him Fat Freddy. Oh, there goes Fat Freddy. He said that the boys could not see past the fact that he was overweight and that he was shy to see who he really was. And he told his parents, but his parents actually didn't help because they said, well, just don't let it bother you. Don't let them see that it, that it bothers you and they'll go away. But it did bother him. It made him very angry. And he grew with that as he grew up and he, he came to the conclusion that he was not going to let anyone else feel that. If he was in contact with any person, that he was going to look for the essential, invisible thing that made that person that person, of why God created that person. Because like his song said, it's not about the clothes you wear or how you do your hair. <laughs> it's not about, he said, he said in the song, but he changed his life. It's not about the toys, they're just beside you. But he, he, was, he changed that phrase a lot. He said, it's not about the diplomas 
They're just beside you. It's not about your achievements or your success. Those are just beside you. I care about who you are because it's you I like. He, here's a quote that he said. Deep down, we know that what matters in this life is much more than winning for ourselves. What really matters is helping others win too. Even if that means slowing down and changing our pace now and then. When you have the dictator of time and a schedule and a to-do list, it's very hard to change your pace when people need it. He said, uh, another quote of his is, I feel strongly that deep and simple is far more than es- is far more essential than shallow and complex. Mr. Rogers, he got it. <laughs> A lot of times we put on big flashy things. We try to make it showy. We try to make it great. We try to make it impressive. And we just throw in a little bit of something that matters in there. But he's saying, no, no, no. That's just shallow and complex. What, what is more essential is the simple but being deep. When we have conversations with people, it's like, hey, how was your day today? It was good. Oh, good. Great. You know, that's, I would count that as shallow and, and complex. It's not very complex right there. That was pretty simple. But he just wants the simple conversation of just being deep with someone. How was, like, look at them in the eye. How was your day today? How was your week? Because it matters to me too. And it's that gentleness that's portrayed from one person to another that just gets to your heart. Yeah. It's very easy to hear these sermons and these speakings of the fruit of the spirit and be like, I missed the mark because guess what? I have missed the mark. I have not been gentle, even though he says, you know, someone who's very gentle, let's have Sherry do this. And then imposter syndrome sits in and you think about all the times of when you've not been gentle. And a lot of times when you hear this, you're like, oh, have I not been faithful? Have I not been gentle? Have I not been loving? Have I not been patient? And you can be like, I got to try harder. I got to do more. I got to, I got to work better at this because you know, I'm, I'm obviously missing the mark, but that's not what I'm saying, and that's not what Jesus says. In Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, going to verse 30, he says, come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, who had the power of the universe behind him, did not use his strength to win people over. He was gentle and humble in heart. And right here it says, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Take my yoke upon me to learn from me. I don't know if you guys know what a yoke is. I think most people do. A yoke is something that is put on the shoulders of either a human or an animal to help them carry things that are heavy. And a lot of you, like me, may be carrying something very heavy. But he says, that's not for you to carry. I have a purpose for you. I want you to just love me and love others like I love them. That's it. So that burden that you're carrying, no, no, no. 
Set that aside, take my yoke upon you. And what it, what it is about taking the yoke upon you is that a yoke for ox, it goes over the shoulder of two ox and it loops around their neck and it allows the ox to plow a field for planting, for growing seeds, for growing new things. It allows them to plow forward in a common direction towards a common goal. And God is, Jesus is just saying, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Worship team, you guys can come out. Take my yoke upon you, which means to humble yourself and say, God, I'm gonna come under your authority. I may have let other things rule over my life and dictate the things that, that are truly important. Kevin has always said, uh, you make time for the things that are important to you. And God is so important to me, but how many times do I not read my Bible do I go a whole day with just praying for my meals and praying at bedtime with the kids, a scripted prayer? And if he matters so much to me, then I can make time for him and not let the dictator of time dictate my life. Take that authority off and put his authority on and say, it's not about my to-do list. It's not about my schedule, God, it's about you and you team up with him because being yoked together means that you are walking in step with each other, plowing forward towards a common goal and a common purpose, not one that you've designed, but following in his step, plowing the field so that new things can grow, new things can flourish. I'm gonna read that scripture again. And this time I want you guys to really think about what we're reading. When we read it together as a group, a lot of it goes over our heads, you know? We read it, but we don't know exactly what we just read. We just read it as a group. Some things might catch us, but a lot of it flees. So I'm gonna read this to you. I just want you to catch this because like me, I'm sure a lot of you are carrying burdens. And a lot of those burdens cause frustration. A lot of that frustration causes us not to be gentle. But he says, don't try to be gentle. Don't try to be these things. Just, just come under my authority. Walk in step with me. And I will let that fruit grow in you. Because guess what? A tree does nothing to grow its own fruit. A tree does nothing to grow its own fruit. Or a bush does nothing to grow berries. It does nothing. It's about what's inside the tree that sets the fruit, the flowers, the blossoms to grow and the circumstances around it, like the bees, to help produce that fruit. It's what is inside of you. It's what's inside of you and who's inside of you. Because if Christ is inside of you, just being in step with him is gonna keep you in line and that fruit is gonna come naturally to you. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pause just for a moment. If you don't love yourself, you're not gonna love your neighbor. And that's something that Mr. Rogers made a mission for is to say, I love you. I am proud of you. If nobody has ever said that to you, I'm proud of you because it's you I like. 
It's nothing that you've done. It's nothing that you're wearing. It's not the, the thing that you're trying to project onto me. It's you because God created you and that's what I like. And this next part is very important about that because I think in our culture, this is something that happens is that we don't feel that we are good enough. So we don't love people the way that we should because we can't love ourselves. And I'm not saying make it about you because we need to make it about him. But you also need to know who you are in Christ and loving who you are in Christ and loving others because this is the next verse. If you bite and devour each other or yourself, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other or yourself. I added the orders yourself if you didn't catch that. It's not in scripture. All you wanna do is just love God, love people. So I say to you, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary or opposite to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary and opposite to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want. We live in a culture that says, what do you want? But God says, don't do whatever you want because what you want is gonna lean towards the flesh. But if you do what I want, I will show you life like you've never seen it before. Life more abundantly. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. I'm not angry all the time, just a little bit. <laughs> Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. I skipped that one. Against such things, there is no law. All my life of being a Christian, I've never understood that sentence until one person transposed it. There is no law against these things. Meaning, even when the Bible says, correct your brother and sister. Don't let them do that. You know, parents discipline your children. There's no law against these things. Do it in gentleness because that's when it's received. Do it in love, do it in joy. Since we live by the spirit, Oh, no, I skipped the line. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucified means taking God as your authority, putting him on as your authority and saying, forget the things that I'm passionate about, God. Let me be passionate about what you are passionate about, God. Forget about the desires that I have, God. Give me the desires that you have for me. I wanna come under your authority, God. And though, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with Him. We're gonna go into a time of worship and elders and wives, you guys can come down. 
If you have found yourself in a place, if anything that I've said has gotten to your heart and said, man, just like me, I'm guilty of not letting God be the authority in my life, but I wanna keep in step with the Spirit. These altars are open. You do not have to pray with these elders. The altars are open and the altars are open so that you have a chance to come and lay things down on the altar and say, God, you are my authority. I wanna be in step with you. I want you to grow that fruit in me that I cannot see. I want you to show me ways to love my neighbor as, as myself because you have loved me so much, Lord. Let me be your ambassador and let people know who you are through me. Or if there's something going on in your life, I know that the last two weeks have been a giant burden on me. It's been a very difficult two weeks. There's been family health issues. There's been friends that have said, I don't know if God exists. It cuts to my heart. If you're going through something in your family, with your friends or yourself, these altars are open to pray so that we can pray with you, so that you can pray before God and say, God, this is a heavy burden, but you don't want me to carry it. So take it from me and let me come under your yoke. Show me how to plow forward because, ha, forgot this part. When it talks about the seeds that are planted, there were seeds that fell onto good soil and the seeds that were, that were planted on good soil, they produced a crop. But it says in scripture that they produced a crop because those were the ones who received the word of God, took it upon them and lived that way. But it says through perseverance, developed the fruit. Sometimes we have to press through and sometimes it's hard to say, I don't know how to press through. So if you need help pressing through, it's just coming under that yoke and when an oxen loses its footing, it's allowed to lean on the other ox. Lean on the Lord and let him plow you forward. So if you guys would stand up and, and worship with us.